If you are looking to continue developing your coaching skills or have a new coach that you'd like to train or onboard, check out our upcoming activity coaching clinics. We are hosting both our basics and advanced clinics every Monday for our basics clinic and Tuesday for our advanced clinic from 1.30 to 3 Central Standard Time. It runs October 2nd through November 6th, and you can learn more and register at heatherpriceconsulting.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina, where we discuss coaching strategies for the overachievers, the slow starters, and everyone in between. We're going to share everything we know about instilling early success habits, the science behind activity, and how to build a values-based, FR-centered coaching philosophy. Activity Coaching Conversations is all about balancing accountability with the art and science of coaching. Welcome back, everyone. As always, we're so excited you're here listening and learning. Today, our topic is speaking skills, as in the public speaking kind, but don't be terrified. It's not going to hurt, I promise. But I think it's important because as a coach, you're constantly communicating with various audiences. You're talking to your leadership team, you're talking to your FRs, your peers, family, friends, you know, you're always communicating. So I think it's really important to take time to consider how you come across regardless of whether it's an audience of one, 10, or 100. Do you enunciate clearly? Do you choose your words carefully? Do you sound professional? Paying attention to your own speech patterns and habits will help you polish your efforts and and communicate more clearly and help your message get across more effectively. So Today is going to, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Toastmasters. It's a public speaking group that's been around forever. Um, I was a member for many, many years. And so today's going to be like a little mini Toastmaster meeting. (laughs) So we're going to focus on six key areas of speech, of actual speech. So we're going to talk about enunciation, fillers, vocal variety, pace, clarity, and listening. That's right. Listening, as we just got done discussing in our last episode, is also a part of effective speaking, believe it or not. So let's start with enunciation, which is just, it's what it is. It's the articulation of each syllable of a word. Now, we all usually have a more casual way of speaking where we drop our G's or we do what's called eliding syllables, which basically means we just leave them out. And if you have ever had a chance to listen to someone who is learning English as a second language, you'll often hear them speak what I call the King's English, which is a very proper version of English with beautiful diction, crisp syllables, and it's very easy to understand. It's it's not at all like our usual English speaking patterns. For example, if I'm leaving for the grocery store, I'm much more likely to say to Heather, I'm going to go to the store instead of, I am going to the store. People would look at you strangely if you properly enunciated every syllable of that phrase, right? But that's just an example of, of um, and, and if you think about learning English as a second language, it's no wonder it's such a difficult thing <laughs> to learn because it often doesn't sound like what it looks like. So now you don't always have to say every syllable, but I think it's important to pay attention to things like dropping G's or running words together because the more clearly you enunciate, 
actually the better impression you give to your listeners and the easier it is for them to focus on your message, um, not on the method of delivery. So the second key and nothing like skill, a podcast to help you learn. Oh, sorry, <laughs> exactly. Um, nothing like a podcast to help you learn what those filler words are and your pace and all of those things. It is painful. Uh, those first few episodes yes, of listening, right? You learn very quickly. You know what those quirks are. So record yourself. It's helpful. Yes, that is. It's hugely helpful. Really, really helpful. And, and so our second key speaking skill, which is probably one that most of us could get better at, like 100%, is fillers, like using filler words. And, you know, mm-hmm. we all have our favorites like, um, ah, uh, you know, like, know what I mean, kind of, and so forth. So speaking of Toastmasters, when I was in Toastmasters, part of the meeting is when someone gives a speech, you always have an evaluator. And one of the things the evaluator does is sit in the audience and count the number of filler words that you use throughout your speech. And then they report that to you at the end. It it is, um, we don't realize how many times we say the things that we say just to keep the conversation going. It's, It's often a big surprise. And it's usually because we don't like silence. So we say, you know, or like, or we drag out the end of the sentence somehow in order to avoid having any kind of silence. We all have our favorites and a great, yeah. One of the, not even just one, but some of the words that I hear, especially in activity coaching, and you and I have seen this in our role plays, sometimes it's not even just the ums or so's or but people will you will say awesome or great mm-hmm. after somebody's done saying something and it doesn't even they could say I had such a shitty day yesterday I only did 22 dials okay great well tell me about blah, blah. I'm like that wasn't great <laughs> yeah <laughs> <awesome>. I know <laughs> um, so it is tricky because people do use those words or, or gotcha mm-hmm. I'll, I'll hear gotcha gotcha yes. a lot oh yeah um yeah and you don't want to be using, that can convey the, a very wrong message, right? Like, oh, okay, I guess they're not upset. Right. That's exactly. awesome. I guess 23 dials is awesome. So it, it can yeah. be detrimental depending on what, what word you're using as a filler word. Absolutely. You know, a, a great thing to try is to have someone literally count your fillers the next time you're talking whether you're giving a talk or communicating in some fashion. Um, It doesn't cure it 100%, but being aware that you're doing it and cutting down can just make your message more powerful. I was um, working with someone the other day who was couching almost everything she said with the words kind of. And I said, okay, eliminate kind of. And she's like, what? And I said, every other phrase that you use is kind of this and kind of that. I said, use powerful, get get that out of there because it makes it seem like, maybe you want to do this, maybe you don't, you know, just kind of do it. I'm like, that that mm-hmm. cuts the Qualifying impact of phrases. your message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the third skill is the ability to employ vocal variety, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's the ability to change your tone, diction, and pace while you're talking. It's like a dramatic pause, a whispered word, getting really loud, using a different voice when you're imitating someone or, or you're reading a kid's book, the cat in the hat said, you know, whenever I, I would read to kids, they would, in a volunteer program that I did for a while, um, I would always do the, the voices of the characters or whatever. And then we'd give the kids their books. And then the next week they'd say, 
I would run into a parent and the parent would say, so how do you do those voices? My kid, when I'm reading this book, they're like, you don't do the voices like Sabina does. <laughs> so it, it makes a difference. <laughs> those are all types of vocal variety. We all probably know someone who's a great storyteller. And if you pay attention the next time they're relaying a story, one of the things that makes them a great storyteller is they're a master of vocal variety and they keep you engaged because you don't know what's coming and they're pausing and, and all of that. <laughs> so don't be the teacher in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Do you remember that that little segment where he's like, Bueller, Bueller? Bueller. <laughs> yeah. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> which, which brings me to the fourth skill, which is pace. Some people talk so fast that you can only catch about every third word, while others talk so slowly. You want to reach in and pull the words out of them. I can see Heather <laughs> wanting to do that right now. <laughs> They're I the can, ones actually, that actually sometimes... want to get you in the back. <laughs> Spit them out. Like. Come on. Um, they're the people that that lull you to sleep or your mind wanders. You know, you here you are, you've just gotten all this great listening advice, right, from our previous episode. And you're like, I'm trying, but I can't take it. Um, and, and some people just have that kind of voice. I know there are just certain tones or voices when I hear them, they just, they just make me want to fall asleep. And again, think Bueller. Bueller. It's it's funny because it's so <laughs> monotone and it's so slow that you just want to scream. Now, we all tend, and I am, this is always an issue for me. We all tend to speak faster when we're nervous or stressed. So if you're giving a talk in front of your whole office, you're, it's a monumental task to slow down. When I would write my speeches, after each paragraph, I would double or triple space and, and in very large letters, type the word slow down. So as I was glancing at my notes, it would cue me to slow down. And, and it's a critical thing to do because for listeners, you know, the people that you're trying to convey your message to, there's two parts of the listening process. There's physically hearing what is said, and then the second part is translating that into some kind of meaning. Like you have, you hear the words physically and then you make meaning out of them. And when you're speaking too quickly, the second step gets lost. People are just so trying to catch up with you and hear the words, they don't really get the meaning behind it. So if you're often asked to repeat what you just said, that could be an indication that you're speaking too quickly. And if people start to have that sort of glazed over look, when you're talking to them, it could mean that you're speaking too slowly, which is actually far more rare. Most people speak too quickly, not too slowly. So speaking too quickly. Or too also many words. Lends I feel like when I'm nervous, I use yes. so many words. Like it, I, yes. I could have said it in one sentence with four words, but instead it was three sentences right. with 25 words. <laughs> right. Right. And I think because your brain is always working. So you're right. You start, I, I know I start to ramble because one thought leads to the next, to the next, and I'm trying to spit them out as fast as they come into my head. Cause I know I'm not going to remember, you know, mm -hmm. but it also can I think lead though, to what we're talking about too, is so important for your FRs to hear. Yes. I mean, yes. Like, think about the influence that they have when they're talking to somebody. Um, the stat that you used in our ep our last episode on listening, right? That they talked fifty, like fifty two seconds, seconds out of, out of or 60. something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, same thing when you know when they're nervous, right? I mean, you're trying to have influence in a fact finder, and you're you're rattling, you know, you're rattling stuff off, or they can't understand yeah. you. 
the other thing I would say, when I've been coaching FRs, if I'm having a hard time understanding them or their energy is really low, like the example you gave where they were talking so slow or where they talk so fast, if I'm experiencing that as a coach, I will call that out and I will say, you know, I wanted right. to share something with you because I wonder how this is coming across in your sales meetings, in your fact finders, in your closes. Absolutely. Um, do you think you're coming across the same way in those meetings as you are here? And that can be so eye-opening for them. Um, and as a coach, I think it's your job to point that out. Absolutely. I've had many a conversation about people's demeanor. They're not being able to look me in the eye when they're talking, you know, a lot of different things that stick with them afterwards. And those are the kinds of things that they might be using all the right words, but if they're not, if they're not conveying themselves appropriately, it's hindering the sales process, right? Like it's hindering Mm -hmm. them getting to the next the next step. And that's, and, and I feel like as a coach, you're exactly right. That is an important thing. It's not just about the activity that they're doing. It's about how you experience them when you're with them. Because I, my experience has been reps are not that different with you than they are out in the marketplace. If they have vocal tics and ways of, you know, sloppy ways of speaking, and you can't really understand what they're saying, or they mumble, chances are they're doing that out in the marketplace too, and they're not even aware of it. So I think giving them giving feedback on that kind of thing is really important. All right. So another way to help with speaking too quickly is to focus on phrasing. It's we're going to talk about pace in a minute, but focusing on phrasing, which is a great way to slow down, just pausing where you can visualize punctuation, like a period, a comma, an exclamation point. If you can, like, like this is, but, but don't confuse that with good grammar. I used to think that you put a comma everywhere you would naturally when you, I do this naturally when you are speaking, <laughs> I pause and, and it, when I'm writing something, I'm like, oh, well, if I were saying this out loud, this is where I'd put a comma <laughs> and I, I'm wrong 90% of the time. But Visualizing punctuation when you're speaking aloud is is a good thing. Let's see. Okay, our next fifth on our list is clarity, which is, again, it's exactly what it sounds like. Does your desired message come across clearly and without a lot of jargon, slang, buzzwords, or stock phrases that, you know, that, that can also kind of fall into the filler category? See, did you hear that? I just said kind of. <laughs> Some people pepper their language. <laughs> Once you talk right? about it, you catch yourself doing <laughs> I it. I know. Some people pepper their language with current slang or industry jargon because they think it makes them sound really cool. But sometimes it's just filler when you don't know what else to say. You just rely on these these old tropes and, you know, things that are that you've heard a million times. And it's okay to use slang or buzzwords or jargon and stuff when but when you want your message to be clearly heard and understood, it's best to avoid just repeating certain standard words or stock phrases. And I, I will also say this, depending on, this is a probably a generational thing, don't try to use, if you're of a certain age, don't try to be cool by using the kid's current slang because it just doesn't, it doesn't come, it doesn't make you cool. It just is ridiculous. It just comes across as kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Heather, what do you think about All that? All you, you need is a teenage teenager girls. in your house. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, all you need is a teenager in the house to like, you, you say it once they'll, they'll let you know like, oh yeah, mom, don't say that. (laughs) Don't ever say that. (laughs) So, okay. So that brings us to our final um, speaking skill, which isn't speaking at all, but actively listening. And we just did an entire episode on listening skills. So I'm going to be brief here and just reiterate three active listening skills. One is, the first one is set the stage for active listening by facing the speaker, leaning in, making eye contact so the speaker really feels listened to. 
if you're there in person. If you're on the phone or the speaker can't see you, the next two skills become even more important. And this is which the second one is appropriate advancement. So this isn't just saying, "Uh uh-huh, ah, I see. It's also when the timing is right to make a statement or ask, as Heather had said in the listening, ask a clarifying question directly related to what the speaker just said. It's better to pause and gather your thoughts when the speaker pauses than to be formulating a response while they're still talking. So you want your interjections to be appropriate to what's actually happening in the conversation, not just that stock phrase. And then summarizing is a critical one because you've heard people say something like, um, and these are all appropriate phrases. So if I've heard you correctly, or what I hear you saying is, and then repeating what was said to make sure that you clearly understood the message, this is summarizing. So I I hope that these these few speaking skills will help you gain more confidence and polish your own speaking ability as you communicate important information to those around you, both personally and professionally. And one final thought, the more you prepare and practice, the more success you'll have in your communication efforts and and really obviously in anything, but but really preparing, thinking about what you want to say, that's going to help you as much as anything. So for our Say That Again segment, we're going to give you some practice exercises for each skill. Say that again. Okay, so for our first skill, enunciation. Just practice saying words that end in G, and really mostly I-N-G. And see if you can improve on not dropping the G, like going, walking, jogging, selling, thinking. Think of words like that and see if you can over-enunciate almost, and that'll help you um, with your enunciation. Number two, eliminating fillers. Now, you'll need a partner for this. Give them two minutes. Tell them to time you for two minutes and just talk about your role. If you're an activity coach, talk about activity coaching. If you're a mentor, talk about mentoring. Instruct your partner to just record any filler words you use during that time and then let you know the result. You might be surprised. And it will certainly help you understand what your favorite fillers are and potentially eliminate them. Number three, vocal variety. You can do this with any sentence. I'm just going to give you one. Practice saying the following sentence using two different moods. Say each as if you were over the top happy and then say them as if you were deeply sad. Heather, do you want to give it a whirl? My next door neighbor is moving out next week. Okay. Sure. Okay. My next door neighbor's moving out next week. (laughs) Right. Yay. (laughs) And then the opposite would be my next door neighbor's Mm -hmm. moving out next week. Yeah. So see, you can, you can take. See, I guess I can, I mean, I can even feel the difference. So just um, think about vocal variety and think about, and, and the other thing is the emphasis on words can help with that too. My next door neighbor is moving out next week. My next door neighbor is moving out next week. You know, like emphasizing different words changes the entire meaning of the sentence. All right, number four, pace. The best way to work on pace is to read anything out loud, a book, a magazine article, a newspaper article, whatever it is, just try reading a little paragraph out loud and pay attention to punctuation. When you're Speaking, practice visualizing the punctuation, which helps give you a natural pace. Number five, clarity. And this requires some extra effort on your part. 
Keep a speech notebook and work on catching yourself using empty phrases, buzzwords, acronyms, slang, and other fillers that keep your message from being as clear as possible. If you do this for a week, you'll have a solid picture of your favorite filler phrases and you can work on using them less. Honestly, just like as Heather said in the listening episode, being aware of some of these things when you do them, just like when I said, oh, I just said kind of because I just got done talking about it. So just bringing awareness to it helps you. And then the sixth skill is active listening. We just did a whole episode on listening skills. So go back and listen to it again. (laughs) All right. Thanks for joining us today. Um, Yeah. We hope that your (laughs) next effort at public speaking will be crisp and clear. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about our activity coaching clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Keep learning and growing.